All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Rolling through Tuesday afternoon, Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you, The Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website, where uh, tonight, uh, as they have uh, every Tuesday at PlayAlberta.ca, of course, the Lotto Max draw up your opportunity, $28 million. Up for grabs tonight, get your tickets at PlayAlberta.ca. Let's get to the Chronicles now, brought to you by Action Electrical. Now, they're celebrating their 50th year this year. And I know I had this conversation on the show like over a year ago. I can't remember. Some of you know. Where can you buy Pop Shop Pop right now? They would love some for their 50th anniversary. And I know some of you out there know. Please text into 101260. Where are they selling Pop Shop Pop right now? Do you know? Let me know. I went through my email. Somebody had sent it to me. And I can't find it. It's annoying me. So if you know, please let me know. That would be fantastic. Who didn't love a good old pop shop? Remember the crates? Oh, it was amazing. Obviously, a certain age group maybe has no idea what the pop shop was, but it was delicious. So many different types of pop. Oh, the black cherry was one of my faves. So good. Tom Gazzola joins us. Tommy, uh, were you ever a pop shopper? Uh, I do remember Pop Shop, and uh, I, I did have it from time to time. Black Cherry is a great flavor, Greg, so I'm with you 100% on that. And uh, I like their version of the, the cream soda that they had. Uh, and they had the different bottles too, right? They're the, the small stubbier ones, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Well, no. They, now, that was the other one. Um, Pop Shop, I thought, was the taller, thin ones. No? Maybe. Am I getting them mixed up? Maybe but, I'm getting them mixed up. But – 
it was Pop Shop 127th and 82nd. Did they have a an Oh, a dude, store I don't there? know. I'm just talking about. We used to get it in Beaumont um, delivered. No, the Pop Shop was the one that had it had like the red and white label on yeah. it, and it was the taller skinny bottle. That's what I okay. remember. I, yeah. I do remember it, um, and it was like if we went to a convenience store, and I don't think it would – it had to be like an independently owned convenience store, not like a 7-Eleven or a Max or anything like that, and you could yeah. get them there. Uh, yeah. I, I remember that as a kid. And then penny candies, right, like one-cent candies uh, yeah, or five-cent yeah. candies. I think they still had penny candies for a bit, but I do uh, – you'd load up on that stuff, and it wouldn't cost you an arm and a leg. What's a can of pop now, like two bucks? Ridiculous. No, no. Close to now. I am looking. Um, they actually had some of the stubbies as well for the pop shop. So they had two different bottle types, right? The cream soda, yeah. grape, black cherry, pineapple, orange, root beer, lime Ricky. Oh, that was my favorite. The lime Ricky. I loved it. So, uh, if you no, know where you can get it now, please let me know because um, I'd like to get some. Be fantastic. Classic. Yes, it would be a classic. Um, was not a classic effort by the Edmonton Oilers last night. Bruce Cassidy was quite excited with uh, his team's play, specifically uh, on the cycle in the zone, even though that's not where they scored the goal, other than like the Mar, uh, you know, the Marchessault one, which was, you know, CeCe actually got stick on puck twice, but then it flipped up twice, and then they ended up losing the battle and they scored. But uh, the Oilers got crushed goals off the rush last night. Uh, I know obviously the Bouchard one was unfortunate because he kind of heel picked and went mm-hmm. down but you know the other ones uh, off the rush too often um even the, you know the disallowed goal uh was one as well so it's something that they have to um they got to rectify if you're the Edmonton Oilers they just they didn't have the it's kind of the opposite game two what did Bruce Cassie say well we had the puck all the time I think you could say the same thing about game three except this time it was Vegas having the puck way more yeah um Edmonton a good five minutes they get that goal from the the Fogel Ryan McLeod combination and then it was all downhill from there. A thorough beatdown. A thorough beatdown, and I think Edmonton and most people last night on the postgame show, too, we got a, a lot of people that were upset with the performance overall, and rightly so. It just uh, it seemed like one of those nights where Edmonton was very content with what they did in Game 2, and that's great because they, they played tremendously well in Vegas to even things up. But then they came out yesterday. You know, they get that quick goal, and then from there it just was – they were taking, uh, or the play was being taken to them by the Golden Knights. And the Golden Knights, let's remind everyone, this is a really good team. And Bruce Cassidy, even today, listening to him, he's like, I didn't think we played our best game yet. And I was like, really? Because yes, yesterday was pretty darn good, although Edmonton did not have uh, its A game by any means. Like, Greg's, we heard Matthias Ekholm say after game one, uh, you know, that wasn't uh, our A game, it was our B or C game. Like, if, if game one was Edmonton's B or C game and they, they lost 6-4 with the empty netter, what was last night? Like, a D-minus game? Because they had absolutely nothing, and you're right, goals off the rush, uh, battles in front, and and you could say, and listen, the, there was a missed call on that second goal, the second Marcheseau one, and Yamamoto did get high stick. It should have been a penalty. I, I don't know how much it would have turned the tide. Maybe if the Oilers got one. Uh, they'd be a little bit more engaged in the game. But overall, the, I didn't think that they had enough. Not enough jam. Uh, a lot of usual suspects that have struggled this postseason continued to struggle last night. And, you know, you could spearhead that with number 93, who needs to be better. So um, a lot not to like yesterday. But the good thing, if you're an Oiler fan, is that 
This team has been in this jam a bunch of times before in the postseason in recent years and uh, has found ways to dig itself out, and they did it a couple of weeks ago. Well, you know what? Uh, Edmonton has bounced back recently for some bad – like. You know, people will say, well, they didn't bounce back against Winnipeg. Well, they never really had a bad effort against Winnipeg. They lost in overtime every game, right? Like, they weren't yeah. awful in those games. Couldn't beat Hellebuck. But if you look, uh, they got spanked in game four. Um, uh, was it game four? Yeah, game five they lost, and then they bounced back with two solid efforts in game six and seven against uh, Winnipeg. Last year, not a great performance in game one against Calgary. They bounced back, win four straight. Um, this year against uh, L.A., uh, they bounced back. After uh, an ugly uh, game three, you know, they had a, some would say maybe a miracle game four, but still they came back and won, and then yeah. they won the series. So they, they've shown some resiliency lately that they can come back. Uh, you know, some would argue that maybe Vegas is a better team than L.A. or Calgary, and I, I think that's fair. Sure. I just I, I look at Edmonton, you know, they, they've got to use – they just didn't have the same gumption that Vegas had last night. And I think Edmonton – top to bottom across the board has more skill but skill has to match the will and that right. didn't happen last night well Greg's when when Laurent Brassois went down with that injury and, and listen you feel bad for the guy and and hopefully you know it's not severe uh, especially coming off of uh, a hip surgery that he had in the offseason last year uh, but the first thing you said to me, Greg's, when when that happened is okay you now have to get to Aiden Hill like if if you had that will to match the skill like you were talking about, your eyes light up and you go, let's go and get after Aiden Hill. He's coming in rusty. He hasn't played a ton in the last couple of months. He's been injured at times as well. Uh, lost his starting role or whatever 1A position he had at whatever earlier point in the season. Go after him. And Greg's, they didn't. Not really no. at all. They didn't test him. And, and that's not matching the skill with the will because if – if you're truly hungry and you see the backup go in, guy that's, you know, I like Aiden Hill. He's a friend of mine. I'm going to admit it. But he's had a spotty record. And you go after him, you take advantage. And Greg's, they didn't. You pointed it out. And guess what? That's uh, They make it an easy night for Aiden Hill. Yeah, they, I, I think they gotta, they're they going to get way more pressure on him. I'll, I'll be interested to see what the early scouting report is in the game, and you can kind of tell sometimes if the orders get some sustained pressure and, and multiple opportunities, you'll see where they shoot. Now, the thing was, Edmonton, I didn't think, started bad. They got the great first goal. Drysaddle hit the post. Like, they had some chances in the first 10 minutes. I thought that was the bigger turning point than the missed call, to be honest, was Edmonton's lack of finish on the odd man rushes. Yep. Uh, the Drysaddle, a uh, couple opportunities. There was that other one where... Uh, Laurent Brossois was down and out. He had to sprawl, and I believe one of the defensemen just got like a stick or a skate on Drysaddle's uh, attempt to slam it home. And it just those those were pucks that kind of those were going in the other night in Vegas, and then last night not so much. Uh, and then as soon as uh, the Golden Knights got the well, the first Marchessault so goal where. Uh, he just outworked. There was CC down low, and I think Kulak was in there too. And then tucked it home and then the second one and just it felt like uh, the orders were really deflated after that goals late in periods are always a dagger they deflate the sails all that we saw that yesterday and Vegas didn't look back they they sniffed blood they took advantage and Jack Eichel woke up and and had a great game himself so uh, they are a dangerous team they smacked Edmonton right back and now Edmonton's got uh, its opportunity to counter punch and you know what to Edmonton's credit 
They've done it enough times in recent years, and this season included, where it felt like in the room today, uh, no one was hitting the panic button. Well, Connor McDavid, who who rarely says stuff, just says, I expect our best effort in game four. And, he, you know, he hasn't really said that at all. He's not one. I, I don't think it's an over-the-top grandioso claimant. But just even that shows me, hey, I like you're now down. You're in the second round. You're down two to one. Um, you know, they were never down two to one in the second round last year. They're just, you know, statistical it, stats will tell you that, you know, the more often or not when you go down like this, it's harder to come back. So, sure. you know, the order's... I'll, I'm very curious to see their effort, but I'm also curious to see the line combinations. Do you keep Drysdale and McDavid together, or do you split them apart to start the game? Well, he split them up when uh, first period, midway through, somewhere around there, right? We saw a different rotation start to happen. I, I like them being split up in this series. Uh, I just think that that could counter the waves that, that the Golden Knights come at you with. Uh, I've said it from the outset. But obviously, Jay Woodcroft, he reads and reacts to whatever situation presents itself in the game, and that's when when he either stacks them up or or separates them. I think in general, if they're separated, that's a better way to counteract the Golden Knights and and the way they come at you. Um, So, you know, I I think they'll do that tomorrow. I keep saying it, and uh, sure enough, they they might do it tomorrow. But regardless, we're going to see McDavid and Drysaddle out there uh, Five on five, certainly on the power play with one another, but uh, just I think it's Jay Woodcroft tap dancing on the fly, uh, like he has been doing for pretty much the entirety of his time as head coach. Tom Gazzola joins us. Hamilton Sports Leader TSN twelve sixty. Um, one other one. Uh, we've done this before, myself, Tom. Um, J.J. Watt. Now, for a lot of our listeners, this is uh, something that maybe they should consider uh, doing. J.J. Uh, Watt decided to research the team, you know, because he's maybe getting involved in ownership and stuff. So he decided he's researching an English team. So he went on a pub crawl to find out about the town. This is the beauty of J.J. Watt. And, like, I loved him as an Arizona Cardinal. I feel bad that he had to play for Arizona in such a bad time. But, yeah, he's a unique, interesting character, and Greg's – I think a lot of the stuff he does comes from uh, a good place, a good heart. And so, yeah, he this Burnley is uh, a team that's on its way to the Premier League in England. And he's a minority investor. So <laughs> the research that you're alluding to is him going on a pub crawl. And uh, he even pointed out all the different spots that he went to in the town. So he went uh, on his way to the stadium. He started at the Royal Daesh, I want to say it's called, and then the down to the vintage clarets, all the way up to turf turf moor, uh, just to get to know the supporters, and uh, and then made his way up to the the stadium, and it was uh, to watch his team's three nothing win over Cardiff City, uh, and he said he had a bunch of pints of Guinness on the way up, and uh, if you know, I appreciate a good pint of Guinness on a patio. Uh, so this is a cool thing, and I like how he's, you know, trying to embed himself and ingrain himself in the community, and not just be a an owner from uh, thirty thousand feet in the air, or you know, completely across the pond. And he did talk to uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, and the Wrexham group there, and Rob McElhaney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and he consulted with them and like how to approach this. So he he dove right in, and him and his wife are, are part. Uh, minority investors and owners in the team. 
I really appreciate this, Gregs. And he says he's becoming a, a big soccer fan as well. I think it's pretty neat. We're seeing uh, Ryan Reynolds trying to get involved with the Ottawa Senators and now Snoop Dogg and now The Weeknd wants in on the Sens. So this is kind of a neat side of things. And listen, uh, we've also seen former athletes, megastars, buy teams and absolutely sewer them. Ala Mike Piazza, who uh, absolutely destroyed a like century-old Italian soccer team um, where he was just an absolutely horrible owner. However, I do think that J.J. Watt and his wife, it, with this minority stake in Burnley, will probably uh, do a good job. And, and listen, that's a great way. Gregs, could you imagine like an NFL star just going and hanging out, going pub to pub on his way to the, to the game just to be a part of – uh, the the fan base and enjoying it, like I think that's so cool. Well, it's a smart way to uh, endear yourself to your fans. There's no question about it. Yeah, Tommy, uh, Oiler fans, uh, hope their players endear to them with a great effort tomorrow. We'll see what they do. Have yourself a good one. We will chat. Add the May. Add the May, Gregs. It's Chronicles brought to you by Action Electrical. And uh, hey, thank you, the Texers. Uh, no surprise, uh, they showed up. And uh, where we can get it, the uh, the Friesen Brothers. Uh, lots of places on where you can get to pop shop, uh, even at the uh, the co-op stores. Uh, I'm hearing some uh, Sobeys and Stony Plain. Big Way. Oh, who does remember Big Way? Sick name. I remember this was a Big Way in Beaumont when I grew up. No longer there. But uh, so there. So there you go. Friesen Brothers. Thank you very much. Also, uh, Yeg Exotic. All right. Got to get some pop shop. Just whew, so good. So good. Brings back memories of your youth for a certain age. And maybe, you know what, uh, could start to great memories for the young youth today. Uh, we'll return. We'll get to our big guest today in the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Gregor, Strudwick, uh, Connor Halley with you. And I'm the sports leader, TSN 1260. Strud's no longer here. He's uh, be ready to go. He was all fired up today. I loved it. Bringing a lot of passion. Strud, he's fired up. Although he was unaware of the... Uh, one minute remaining in the period. Said as a player, he never heard it. Or as a fan in the crowd. Odd. Odd. Let's go around the NHL now. Brought to you by, or sorry, our big guest of the day. Brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. They want to thank all of their fans for all the support this season. Look forward to going back to the AGL t- title game and winning it this time. SpruceGroveSaints.c. A, and uh, looking to uh, get back into a tie with the Seattle Kraken are the Dallas Stars. And pre- and post-game host for the Stars, Bruce Levine, joins us. And, uh, Bruce, I'll say this. When the series started, you could have paid me a lot of money to think that the uh, Seattle Kraken were going to chase Jake Ottinger two out of the first three games. It's been shocking to me how well offensively Seattle has done. So that leads to my question. Is Dallas's best defenseman, Miro Heiskanen, going to play tonight? Well, Pete DeBoer said he's a game-time decision, but usually when Miro Heiskanen's a game-time decision, the answer is yes. He's going to have uh, a plexiglass bubble. He's going to try that, and if not, he'll go to the cage. But he will. I'd be shocked if Miro Heiskanen is not in the lineup tonight. And You know, when he went down the other day, I think it rattled Jake Ottinger because it happened right in front of him, and then the goal was scored, and obviously Jake wasn't himself. But Miro... Stars can't win without Miro. Miro is just that good and that important to the team. So if he can go, he's absolutely going to go. So does he have a fractured cheekbone? No, they're saying it's stitches, that the stitches and swelling are what the problem is. There's been no, there's okay. been no, well, of course, as you know, it's the playoffs. You know, he's got uh-huh. an upper body injury. 
but uh, they have not said anything about fractures or otherwise to the chief owner of the orbital or anything like that of the jaw. They're, they're just saying it's an upper body injury. He's going to try to play tonight. Okay. So outside of that. They're not going to say anything. Yeah, yeah. Outside of that injury, what what does Dallas have to do differently to slow down uh, Seattle? Because it's not like it's one player. They don't even have their top scorer in the lineup, and they're, and they're scoring this, this much. So what does Dallas need to do better five on five? Well, first of all, it's death by a thousand paper cuts is what Seattle is doing to the Stars right now. Five different players scored in game number one. Seven different players scored in game number three. What Dallas has to do is spend time in Seattle's zone. They cannot be caught in their own zone letting Seattle send wave after wave on the forecheck and pinning Dallas in deep. That's where the turnovers are happening. That's where the goals are happening. Dallas has got to avoid the stretch pass. They've got to spend time in Seattle's zone pin them in, run the cycle, and spend, make Seattle spend their efforts defending rather than spending, sending this, this swarm into the Dallas zone. And, you know, from, from the Dallas Stars' point of view, it's two games, so it's not anything to panic about. But the way Seattle has played, things need to change tonight. What about individual performers offensively? Who's got to get going, so, you know, just to get, generate a simple thing as more offensive zone time? Well, that's a simple answer. That's Jason Robertson. Uh, Jason Robertson is learning what all the greats have learned, what Wayne Gretzky learned, what Mike Madonna learned, that if you're going to score in the playoffs, it is a whole different animal. Five on five, Jason Robertson has a total of one assist in nine games. He had 108 points in the regular season. The Dallas Stars need Jason Robertson to be the offensive threat, the guy that's creating offense, scoring goals at even strength. And tonight they're going to reunite, we call him the Avengers line, with Joe Pavelski moving into Tyler Sagan's spot. Pavelski's going to play on the right wing with Rope Hintz at center and Jason Robertson on the left wing. And that is a full-blown attempt to get Jason Robertson back and going and playing the way he did during the regular season when he was so good offensively. Has Yanni Gord been the main reason why he's slowed down? Uh, you know, you could say Yanni Gord, but Minnesota did the same thing. So it's not just Yanni Gord. It's the fact that he is the focal point. He is the guy that teams are marking and they're staying with and they're not giving him room to breathe and they're hitting him every time he touches the puck. So it's a much different playoff rule. I mean, Minnesota stopped Jason Robertson five-on-five. Five. The only points that he got in that series, except for one assist, was a power play. So teams have found that, you know, if you're going to stop the Dallas Stars, it's got to be Jason Robertson. So when you look at Robertson, what are you seeing that, that he's not doing? Like, is he just not going to the dirty areas? What is he not doing? Because now, not on the same level, he wasn't their best player. But, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Oiter fans, are listening to this and saying, hey, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 100-point guy, is probably in the same category. So what aren't you seeing from Robertson? What has he got to do different? What we're seeing is not seeing him create. We're not seeing him get room to do things like draw the defense, make passes, get open in the shot area. And the other thing we're seeing is I think is a certain amount of, for lack of a better term, swaggerless play by Jason Robertson. Is swaggerless a word? I'm not sure. But he's not making the kinds of you know pucks that were going in or missing the net or hitting the goalie. And he seems like there's a bit of a, I would say, a confidence gap in Jason Robertson, which is part of the reason that, that you're going with, with, with Joe, moving Joe Pavelski back to that line is because Jason Robertson needs someone to get his confidence going again. The other night there was a, a 
Game two in Dallas was a loose puck right in the slot. 99 times out of 100 in the regular season, that puck's buried, and he missed the net by two, two, two feet. He's gripping the stick so tight, he's creating sawdust right now. And that's got to, it's in his head. He's got to get back to have that confidence, that swagger, and the belief in himself that's just not there right now. First Levine joins us. I'm the Sports Hitter TSN at 1260. Uh, Dallas, Seattle, the late game. Of course, whoever wins that series will play the winner of the Orders and Vegas in the Western Conference final. Uh, Bruce, what or who has impressed you most about Seattle through three games? Uh, you know, what has really impressed me most about Seattle is their depth and their tenaciousness. It's not one person. It's the fact that Time after time after time, they are swarming the Dallas Stars. They're pinning the Dallas Stars in their own zone. They are using, you know, Dallas played Minnesota in the first round, and Minnesota was, was always looking for the knockout blow. And basically, Seattle is jabbing and body-blowing the Stars to death right now. They are doing all the little things. They're, they're forcing Dallas to create turnovers. It's the speed, it's the tenacity that if you saw, we saw Seattle three times in the regular season, you said, okay, that's a good team. But they have raised that level of peskiness and honoriness. And it's not going to be where you can just get the puck against any of Seattle's one, you know, any lines and just easily clear it out and go the other way. They are playing with a speed physicality that the stars have not seen this season at all. Yeah, well, it's it's been impressive from afar. What about Grubauer? Um, does Dallas got to do something different to, to him? I thought after game two, ah, maybe you know what, but uh, then he slowed the door again. What you know, this is a guy that for two regular seasons in in Seattle looked average, but it's so far in the playoffs in the first round and so far against Dallas, he's looked really good. Dallas has got to get bodies in front of them. It's simple as that. They've got to get Grubauer is playing the best hockey he's played in three years. Dallas has got to get bodies in front of the net. If you look at the game two that Dallas won, they had a couple of goals that were rebounds, a couple of goals that were off deflections and a wraparound. So Dallas has got to get in Grubauer's kitchen. They've got to put bodies in front of them. They've got to take away his eyes. He's not the biggest goalie. He's six foot one. Sometimes he'll overplay and get himself out of position if he's trying to do too much. Dallas has got to make him wonder, where is the puck coming from? Is it coming on net? Take away his vision. Beat him to the rebounds because you're not – Dallas is not beating Grubauer one-on-one. They're just not beating him with shots. They have got to do, as you said, the dirty air. Someone's got to go to the net and make Grubauer think that he's not seeing the puck or he can't control the rebound. And the only way to do that is go right to the dirty areas and make things happen. And Dallas is going to have a big emphasis on taking away the eyes, time, and space and making sure someone's in front of them every single shift they can. Bruce, great rundown, man. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Really appreciate your time. Well, thank you, and uh, pleasure to, have to be on your radio show. Thank you. So, uh, Bruce Levine uh, joining us from Dallas. Big game for the uh, Stars. They obviously don't want to go down 3-1. to one. The Oilers in the same situation, and uh, whatever Dallas has done, in their game, Edmonton has had the exact same result. Uh, when Dallas wins, Edmonton wins. When Dallas loses, Edmonton loses. Doesn't matter which round, it's been that way. So, if you're a believer in patterns, we will uh, we will see if uh, if that pattern continues. Um, let's do a little Eagle Rock trivia right now. You can text your answer to ten twelve sixty. Up for grabs. Round of golf. Tee it up at Eagle Rock. Also, right now, go to eaglerock.com. You can book. 
20 times for only 50 bucks during the week. And remember, get the Smokey. You'll never regret it. Ever. And now, so, watching last night's game, frustrating for uh, for many fans. I totally understand it. I need you to name four Edmonton orders had six hits last night. Name three of them to 10 12, 60. Text into 10 12, 60, three of the four orders who had six hits last night. Their names and then include your name to 10 12, 60. We continue on Tuesday. Looks like a little rain. The West End right now, Cause I look out. Got a little rain for you right now? Uh, hasn't hit yet, but uh, looks oh. close, yeah. Oh, looks like it's coming. Well, we need more of it. Uh, hopefully it rains every day in the province of Alberta right now and uh, cool down the uh, fires in a lot of different places. Um, now, obviously, you know, unfortunately, some people have lost their homes and uh, others are uh, patiently waiting to see if they get back in their home or not. So uh, hopefully we get uh, more rain and precipitation and give all of the uh, firefighters a much-needed break because it has been uh, an awful stretch awful stretch cons who is our winner by the way uh if you picked any of these three costin bukestad fogel or mcdavid that's right connor mcdavid they all had six hits last night in the loss for the edmonton oilers if you uh look on the uh, the vegas side of the uh, ledger uh, edmonton had the puck more and so uh, not as many hits uh, Carrier and uh, Colazar led them each with four. Here's here's how you want to tell why Vegas didn't have to play much defense. McNabb, Petrangelo, Martinez, Theodore, zero hits combined. Haig had one, White Cloud had two. That's how little time the order spent in the offensive zone. Vegas's defense had a total, a total of three hits. That is... That's crazy, right? Edmonton's uh, defense had uh, four and a half times more. They had 14. So uh, if you ever sometimes you want to look at how a game's played, that's one. Uh, defense, when you got to be physical when the other team's cycling, and they did, did not have to be physical at all. Let's, uh, let's, we're going to hear from the coaches now. Let's get to the uh, oil report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. Stop in right now. The brand new XC60 hybrid plug-in is available. 455 horsepower. And 75 kilometers of pure electric drive right now at VolvoEdmonton.com. And uh, we'll, we'll talk for, we'll hear, we always hear for Jay Woodcroft. Let's hear for the opposing coach right now. And just, he first of all talks about um, Jack Eichel and uh, a three-point game for Eichel. Eichel now up to five goals uh, in his first ever pre, in his first ever postseason, starting to play pretty well for Vegas. Um, Jack has played well 200 foot game has played a, a good 200 foot game all year his defensive ability is is excellent uh, I've said that from day one he's bought into that uh, how we want to play in our D zone his ability to close quick and make good reads has led to a lot of transition opportunities for him um, and then once he gets speed through the neutral zone he's very dangerous that part you saw last night uh, both in his goal and his play to Marcia so uh, so like I said Jack's done a real good job for us uh uh, in the defensive side of things, and I think his his all his metrics and all those numbers back that up. Um, so uh, good for Jack. We need it. I think we're really uh, fortunate to have four really solid defensive center icemen. Uh, I think that's what makes us a good hockey club in terms of the 200 foot game, and he's certainly one of them. 
And uh, what's going to be the preparation for Game Four from Cassie's perspective? We're not going to change uh, other, you know, a lot of our style of play. Obviously, we're going to change what we feel we need to uh, to continue to get better. Um, most playoff series is pushed back for the, you know, in this one particularly. But I think as you go along, you know. We have to recognize that we st- we still haven't played our best game yet. And that that's got to be our goal every time, no matter what happened the night before. We have to continue to get better, playing a very good hockey team. Uh, so that, that that's how I'm looking at it. Um, again, we looked at some things early on. Their rush game was very good. I think we we have to be better in that area. The first ten minutes, if they convert on some of those chances, it might have been a different hockey game. Dry settle rings went off the post early on at a two on one. Those went in in Vegas. So. Uh, we can't get ahead of ourselves or full of ourselves here, right? There's things we need to correct, and, and that's a big strength of their game and um, how we defend between the blue lines. I thought there's a lot of things we did do well, and we'll, we'll keep building on that, but that was an area that I thought early on that, you know, that the, I think there was two or three odd man rushes that, you know, we, you know listen, they're going to make some plays, but we need to be um, more accountable um, in how we're going to defend that and make sure we're counting sweaters in front of us because they, you know, they were leaving the zone early and we have to make sure that you know, we're, we're ready to check and be over those guys that do that. So, early on, Edmonton, I think their start was fine. First 10 minutes of that game, no issue for the orders, but they slowly just eroded Ryan Nugent Hopkins said they kind of got away from their game plan. Got to stick with it. Need to stick with it. And uh, game four should be great, man. The atmosphere, you know the fans are going to be ready. They're going to be loud. They're going to be fired up. It's an 8-10 puck drop tomorrow night. So uh, get some rest. Uh, you can watch the out-of-town games. Carolina, New Jersey uh, underway as we speak. And then, of course, you have Seattle and Dallas. Connor Halley will give you the update on the first period summer between New Jersey and Carolina. Right now in a Sports Center update brought to you by... Lifestyle Sick, family-owned business with four locations at Edmonton and Shirt Park. They provide knowledge and sound advice on vaping hardware and e-liquid. Learn more at LifestyleSig.com. Bonsoir. Have a great night. We're up. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.